Joining us now on the battle round, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist, is Dave Shinen of the Washington Post. Always a fantastic baseball writer, whether it was covering the O's or being a national beat writer for the Washington Post. He joins us now. Dave Shinen, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're, we're very fine here. We're very fine. Not just talking baseball, not just talking about writing for the Washington Post, but this is a man of many talents. This is a man of musical talent. Uh, opera singer extraordinaire. Exactly. All right. How's the new venture going real quick? Uh, pretty good, yeah. I put out a record in uh, March called First Thing Tomorrow. Um, it's uh, it's doing great. You know, it's been uh, re- reviewed a couple of times, got some really positive reviews. It got played on WTMD in Baltimore for about a month um, and uh, got a lot of good feedback from that. Um, I didn't know yeah, about it's, this. It's, I didn't know about this at all. What kind of song is it? Uh, no, it's a it's a ten song record. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, they they're all originals. I wrote them all. I got some really talented friends of mine to play on it with me and produce. Um, there, it sounds kind of uh, power pop, kind of uh, rock and roll straight ahead. It's got a lot of piano in it, of course, because that's what I play. Um, but yeah, it's very it's very almost classic pop. It's got a lot of you know people have described it as Beatlesque, and it's got a lot of classic pop turtle zombies kinks kind of sound to it and then a lot of people have also compared it to like matthew sweet and some you know 1990s power pop so it's uh it's very melodic and tuneful and hopefully you know sticks in your in your ears for a while are they all they're they're, they're all songs they're not instrumentals right no they're all they all have lyrics yeah they um yeah and you know a couple songs are about baltimore specifically um, you know, a couple of sort of, you know, love songs, a couple of, uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's just rock and roll. It's, it's great. Now, now uh, is a record, people will dig it. is a record like that protected by, in other words, like if we wanted to use uh, little ins and outs of it, would we be allowed to, or is that going to shut us down when you're no, live streaming? No, I, I, no, it's nothing like that. I, I, I mean, I right here, right now, I give you permission to use it. All right. Now, where can <laughs> I where can want. I find the CD? Anywhere you can get it. Anywhere um, um, you can get it on Amazon, right. iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify. You can. Uh, the best place for me for you to get it is on my Bandcamp page, which is DaveShineandDocBandcamp.com. Um, so that's you know that's that's the most artist friendly site. Dave Shining. Dot band camp. Fan camp. No. Band Dot camp. Com. Band camp. Band yeah. camp. All right. I mm-hmm. have bad hearing. I have bad I got to tell you something. One of, the be- one of the best nights I ever spent with you uh, and the group was when we all crashed the NBA Finals party up in Philadelphia when the Orioles were up there for an interleague series. And, and, you, oh, were, yeah. and you were behind the piano at the hotel, and you did uh, the OJ's Love Train for Michael Wilbon. It was great. <laughs> I'm looking yeah, for... I remember that. Yeah, I... Wilbon was there for some reason for some NFL thing or something. Yeah. It just happened to be, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing some of that. Hey, um, yeah, we man. wanted to have you on to talk about what I find is a fascinating topic. I knew about this eight, nine years ago. My brother mentioned that, you know, there are rumors that Jim Palmer is could be John F. Kennedy's, you know, uh, illegitimate son. He was adopted. Yeah, yeah. All the timing worked out. How did this story come to you? Um, yeah, when I was on the, the Orioles beat, you know, back in, uh, I started in 99. Right. Um, 
you know, I'd, I'd hang out a little bit with Palmer on the road. We'd go to dinner or something. And, you know, they were, he, he, he dropped some of this adoption story on me uh-huh. and, and mentioned the fact that an uncle who picked him up as a baby uh, from the hospital when Palmer was like two days old uh, mentioned to him many years later that, that he saw the name Kennedy on, you know, either a birth certificate or on the crib or something right, like that. And, right. and, of course, you know, at that point, my interest is really uh, peaked. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I dug into the story. This was probably like 15 years ago. Right. Um, I started digging into the story, trying to find the, the birth certificate, the adoption records, all this stuff. And at that time, in the days before DNA testing, you know, you had to go through the bureaucracy. And I just, I, I lost the trail. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I kept running into roadblocks. Uh, Jim was helping. I mean, he was, he would sign documents and notarize and, you know, giving me permission to do this and that, but, but I just couldn't locate the birth certificate and all that stuff. Anyway, fast forward, you know, to this past fall, his wife, Susan, you know, she had all my old, um, reporting, you know, she had all the documents I had uncovered and stuff like that. So there was a, a little bit of a head start, but she, uh, decided to, to dive into it full speed and this is last fall, and, and she started making progress with the DNA testing. She got Palmer to, you know, spit into the tube and mm-hmm. do the DNA testing and started finding matches online. And, you know, one thing led to another, and, and by, you know, by January, February, she had lo- she had uncovered, you know, the birth mother and the birth father. And they were keeping me abreast of the whole time because I told her I want to write this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, sure enough, you know, in, in March, I went down for spring training with the Nationals and West Palm Beach and, 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 and went and, and hung out with the Palmers for a, a day to go through all this stuff that she had found and, and uh, wrote the story uh, finally a couple of weeks ago. It's really a remarkable story, and the, the truth comes out that uh, that was a fairly common name around that time, and right. uh, there might be might have been some Irish lineage, uh, and they put baby Kennedy on the crib or something like that. But uh, yeah, it turned out to obviously have no connection to the Kennedys. But yeah, the the birth mother was you know unmarried, thirty seven, thirty eight year old uh, maid basically in Manhattan for a wealthy family, and and got pregnant, gave the baby up for adoption, and kind of and put down the name of a of a of a brother in law of hers, which was Kennedy. Um, and, you know, just, just to sort of, like, hide it, I guess, hide the birth and all that stuff. Um, and, that, you know, so there was no Kennedy connection of, of the it's, Kennedys. So, it, I mean, that was a bit of a disappointment, but, yeah. but really the story is still a 72-year-old Hall of Fame pitcher, you know, finally, after all these years, finding out who his birth parents were. And not only that, but, like, turn, going from, like, completely uninvested you know, and not really caring at all what, you know, his wife was doing with the search and then all of a sudden turning into like, you know, I mean, the most invested you could possibly be. I mean, he's out there calling people and, and he's, and he's, he's, met, and he's met several of these relatives now, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 He's met them. He's, you know, had lunch with them. He's tweeted about it. He's, he's like really, really into it now, which is kind of cool to see. You know, some of the suppositions we made about it, though, are, it's it's interesting when people put kids up for adoption, uh, even though they're not going to have the joy of bringing up that child, they they like to ensure that the kid is going to be in good hands. And that was the thought. If the Kennedys had a, had a kid, they would have wanted it to go to a wealthy family. And uh, mm-hmm. as it played mm-hmm. out, this this maid was able to have her son adopted by a wealthy family 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, Jim, you know, lived a life of privilege as, as a young man, and of course, obviously, after his fame and fortune as a baseball player all, all his life. So, um, yeah, it, it is uh, somewhat ironic. I mean, that, that she was poor and a maid, and yeah, um, you know, and 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 her baby turned into this Hall of Fame pitcher. And for all for all we know, um, she never knew it. You know, yeah, she never. You know, she never knew the identity of. She she may have gone to a game in Yankee Stadium at some point and watched Jim Palmer pitch, right? And not had known. no idea that that was her son. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a wild wild story. Dave, Stan and I were talking earlier this morning about when Stan talked to Jim about this um, up in the press lounge, you know, years ago. And and mm-hmm. Palmer's basic uh, notion was, that eh, doesn't worry me. I don't care yeah, about it that much." You know, how much do you think in, in talking to Jim and and working on this project? How much of it do you think that as Jim's gotten older, that it was more important for him to find out? You know, I I I think that even as far back as October, when Susan, his wife, started on this he was very dismissive. He was just, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. really, I, I, this, uh, this doesn't interest me. I, I don't feel cheated in any way by, by circumstances. I love the parents who raised me. Mm-hmm. Those are my real parents. I, I have no burning desire to find out anything about my birth parents. Um, and that held true all the way, you know, for 72 years. Um, but I think once he started getting a taste of it, Mm-hmm. And I think once he started seeing a picture of his birth mother um, and, and his father, you know, I, I think I, I guess I guess something kicked in. Yeah. And I think it surprised him even because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the quote in the story was when, when Susan started on this project, like back in October, Jim told her, OK, just bottom line me at the end. That's right. Uh, right. Know, do what you got to do, but but yeah, I'm not involved. Just bottom line me at the end. I I think something about this that's fascinated me is I think Jim probably got more attached to the story when he found out he wasn't a Kennedy, and then he didn't ha- and he didn't have to kind of start answering this barrage of questions about that. This became more just normal, you know, a normal adoptee, you know. Yeah, I think that that could be the case. In fact, I mean he. You know, he he, he kind of. I think he almost like takes a little bit of pride in in coming from um, such humble mm-hmm. origins. You know, because all his life he's had to sort of, you know, carry around this this privilege that that he had from from you know the day he was two days old and got adopted by a wealthy family in Manhattan. Um, all his life he's been you know privileged. And I think that there was maybe a part of him that was uh, almost like proud of, um, you know, the fact that, that his, his actual origins were about as humble as could be. Hey, we were about five minutes late getting to you, so we're going to cut this short in a minute. But I did yep. have to ask you, Jim Palmer, the name Jim Palmer has always been just such a beautiful name off the tongue, the way his windup was. I forget mm. the name. His his real adopt first adoptive father was a Jewish mm-hmm. gentleman in New York in the garment business, women's Correct. dresses. That last name was something far different. I forget what it is. Yeah, it was Weezen. Weezen. So Jim Weezen. It just sounds yeah, so was, different. Yeah. Jim yeah, Palmer. He was Jim Weezen until about age eleven, 
and uh, Mo Weezen, his adopted father, died, and right. his mother remarried a man named Max Palmer, who was an actor in Hollywood. That's just and uh, yeah. Jim loved him and, and decided yep. to change his name to Palmer at age eleven. Uh, Jim great. Jim Weezen was DFA. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dave, exactly. we really appreciate your coming on to talk about this, and I'm yeah. going to search out the record. All right. Yeah, do that. Yeah, let me know what you think. All right, bud. Great talking right. to you.